Sharon. Well, praise the Lord and good morning, everyone. Just want to uh, shout out a hallelujah to Jesus Christ, our Savior, the one who gave his life for us. Yes. Willingly, he yes. did this. He didn't do it grudgingly. He didn't, you didn't hear at the end, he said how much he hated doing Come that. On. He went on in the name of God, and he yeah. did this for yeah. us to save our very souls. Yeah. And we do celebrate Hallelujah. during this time of year, not just during this time, but each and every day of our lives, yeah. we celebrate yeah. and give thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's wonderful that this is a time that some people become curious about what he has done for us, yeah. and it gives us that opportunity to witness to them and they're willing to receive. Yes, I tell you, God hallelujah. is so good. He's so thank good. You, Jesus. And I just thank the Lord for my husband, Pastor Lester Hayes. We pastor together. Yes. I thank God for him being right here beside me. I thank the Lord for that prayer he prayed this morning. I tell you, just we need you, Lord. We need you more than anything. Yes. We Lord, need Lord, you, Lord, and Lord, we Lord, need Lord. you for everything. Yes, yes. You know, there's not anything going on in mm. our lives that we don't Lord, need Lord. the Lord yes. for. I mean, Lord, if Lord, we Lord. just if we just include mm. Him mm. in it, it's gonna work out better for mm. us, y'all. Mm. If we just make yes. Jesus a part of it, yes. it's it's gonna work out for yes. us. It's Lord. gonna work out for us. Mm. And so I just give God glory yes. and I thank Him this morning mm. for being a God of all yes. might and power. Oh God of Lord, mercy God and of grace, a God of love and peace. Yes. Oh my thank goodness. You, Lord. Our God, our Lord yes. and Savior, the one who gave us salvation. Yes. And, you know, he's standing by. He has opened that gate for anyone who chooses to come. They just have to make the choice to come. Don't you thank the Lord that for once, I mean, I, I'm speaking yes. for me. Yes. For once, I had enough sense to follow the right yes, 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 and yes. it was only because Jesus led me. <clears throat> yes. I don't take any credit for myself, but no. you know, mm. sometimes we can mess up a good thing. Right. And, and, and boy, I could have went the other way, mm. but I didn't. You know why? Because Jesus was there, and yes. He's so sweet. The Bible mm. said, "Taste mm. of Him and see." Yes. Oh my God, He is sweet. He is mm. sweet. He is sweet. <clears throat> And I just thank God for, for giving us his <coughs> yes. What a beautiful day it is, you know, to, to see the goodness of the Lord, to to have an inkling of an idea yes. of what God has yes, given Lord. us. Thank you, Jesus. It's so much more in store. Hallelujah. So Hallelujah. much more in store for us, and I thank him for it. And now this morning, again, uh, I thank God for my husband being here with me. I thank you, Jesus, that we're able to minister together. Um, he's a wonderful preacher and teacher, and I thank God for him. I learned so much from him. I thank God for putting him in my life. And um, I thank the Lord for all of you for tuning in this morning to hear about the good news of the gospel with us. Mm -hmm. To just just to 
For some of us, we might have heard some of these scriptures before, but that's okay. It's going to be like brand new in my spirit today. Thank you, Because I'm going to hear them like I'm hearing them for the very first time. Thank you, Jesus. Because they're going to give me life again. And so this morning, I'd like to talk to you about how did Jesus prepare himself. That's one of the things we've been speaking under uh, but I want to kind of zoom in on a focus. Jesus stayed focused. And this is how he prepared himself, by staying focused on the will of God. And I put in my notes here, and we'll talk about it a little later, my will versus God's will. See, we've got a choice to make here. Am I going to follow after what I want or will I follow out after what he wants? And that's a choice we make every day of our lives. You know, every day you get up and whether you're going to work, to school, to be with family, whatever your day is, you've got to make that choice. I've got to make that choice. Am I going to stay focused on what Jesus wants, what God wants, or is my will what's so important to me? And so I love what um, Jesus said in the book of John, the fourth chapter, the 34th verse. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So not only is it to do his will, the one who sent me, but the one who sent Jesus, it encapsulates finishing the work of that one who sent him. And so this scripture is taken out of the book of John, the fourth chapter. It's actually the 34th verse. But when you look at that, the setup is when they were there, and they were going to going through Samar, Samaria, Jesus stopped at a whale. And when he stopped at this whale, he stayed there. And the other disciples went on to get meat because they were hungry and they were very, very concerned with their hunger. You know, sometimes in life we get concerned with things that are not as important at that moment. And right at that moment, they were concerned with food. And they told Jesus, well, you know, you rest here. We're going to go on and get meat. We're going to get some food for us to eat. Jesus said, go at it. Because Jesus already knew in his heart that he was about to accomplish something in someone's life that day. And so they went on, they got their meat, and I know you all know, um, well, I can't say I know you know it, but a lot of you have read this before about the woman at the well and how she came out and she began to talk to Jesus and Jesus witnessed to her and she really began to understand who Jesus was. And when he asked her for water, she was surprised that here this man would ask her, which usually the Jews and the Samaritans, they had no dealings with each other, but he asked her for water. And he said to her, if you knew who I was, 
was. If you really understood who you were having a conversation with, you would be asking me for this living water. And so from that conversation, this woman's life was saved. This woman was able to go back to her village and witness to others about the goodness of God, the fact that Jesus Christ came through. And I love what he said when they were headed that way. When he told his disciples, he said, I must go through Samaria. He knew it was someone waiting there who needed to be saved. You know, Jesus hadn't changed today. He know what our needs are. He know that we have need of him. He knows that we're not going to be saved unless he save us. He know we can't save ourselves, but he also know that a lot of us don't have enough knowledge to know that we can't save ourselves. See, because we give ourselves more credit sometimes than we really deserve. And so here, he he after this woman is saved, she go back and she she witnessed to her her little town, her city, and then they come out and they see Jesus, and then you've got more people being saved. But I looked at some of these words in this scripture. We have Jesus, who is the very main character of this scripture, he and God, and he's saying to them, my meat, my nourishment, you know, Jesus is letting them know, I have food to eat that ye know not of. And then the disciples, they didn't understand what he was saying. They thought he was speaking of literal food. But Jesus was talking about a food, a spiritual food that could feed his soul, that could nourish his soul, that can give life, even more life to his spirit. That's the food Jesus is talking about. Have you ever witnessed to someone? And you know, the Bible says some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. And we don't really know when God's going to give the increase. So there are times we are not around these people to see the increase, even after we witness to them. But there are a few times, you know, Pastor, you can witness to a person and you're there with them and they accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Or times you can be at the altar. You know, we were in church and We'd be at the altar, ask anyone if they'd like to give their life to the Lord. You know, the emphasis is not on joining the church. The emphasis is on giving your life to the Lord, that he could be the steward over your, your soul and your body and your spirit. And so there have been times we were able to be there when someone gave their life to the Lord, and it's such a beautiful thing. Yes. And I remember standing at the altar thanking God for allowing me to witness this because it's so beautiful. It just feeds your soul and, and you know that all that you're doing, it's worth it to see this person give their life mm -hmm. to the Lord. You know, and it reminds you, it, it always did for me, take me back and I remember 
And I reminisced over the day when I walked up to the altar and mm. gave my life to the Lord. And it was like I could feel that surge all over again. It was like I was there doing it again. And I give God glory for that. And this is this is this nourishment to the soul. This is what Jesus is talking about. Where my meat, you looking at natural meat, but I'm looking at what God can do when he frees this soul. Yeah. You know, when he give that soul life, when he give them that knowledge of God in Christ Jesus, you know, he says, my meat is to do the will. And I love that word mm. will. That means um, the desire. It means the what that person, when you look at, these words, you know, they're very important in here. It means what one wish of or what has been determined to be, what shall be the desire. Um, I wrote down some examples of God's will, and we'll take a look at that. But when he, he talks about that will of him that sent me. So that phrase right there, of him that sent me, it lets me know right in there. It shows me how Jesus stayed focused. Yes. Jesus, even though he had been sent from God, and now he's in about 31, 32, 33 years of his life, he's still staying focused on the one who sent him and what he sent him to do. He didn't lose focus. You know, sometimes as young kids, we'll say, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse when I grow up. But by the time you've grown up, you've lost focus of what it really is that you want to do in life. Mm. But Jesus didn't lose focus. Here he is, because we know he lived for 33 and a half years, and he didn't start his ministry until 30 years. So he's somewhere within that three and a half years in his life. But he still haven't lost focus of what the one who sent him here to do. He said, not only am I going to stay focused on what he sent me here to do, I'm going to finish his work. Not my word, but his word. You know, some of us grow up, we decide we want to have a big house. We want to have this type of car. That's not what Jesus is focused on. That's not the work he's living to do. It's the work of saving souls to bring us back into a relationship with God. Do Actually, doing the Father's will is what led Jesus to this woman. Doing the Father's will is what brought Jesus into Samaria. Doing the Father's will is what brought this woman into the presence of Jesus for her salvation. Speaking to people and leading people to salvation in this woman is just one person, is what Jesus lived to do. This gave him nourishment. Let's take a couple of look, a, a couple of examples, look at a couple of examples of God's will. 
In the book of First Timothy, I definitely want to look at that. If you you can turn with me or you can just uh, jot it down. But in the book of First Timothy, the second chapter. And I definitely would like to start at verse 2. Later we'll look at verse 1. Um, verse 2 says, For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. See, this is what God wants. This is his desire. Verse 5, for there is one God, not only that we come into the knowledge of truth, but he's telling us now in verse 5 and 6 what the truth is. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So here we see that not only does these scriptures in the book of 1 Timothy, the second chapter, starting at verse 2, it tells us the will of God, and then it tells us the truth, and then it tells us exactly what the truth is. And so this is a great example of what God's will is and how he's going to perform it. He's performing it through Jesus Christ. The fact that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. That's right. He lived a sinless life. And then he gave himself as an unblemished lamb. See, sin then bruised Jesus. It didn't break Jesus. When Jesus went to that cross, he was not taken with sin. But when he died, he was that bridge, that mediator that brought man and God back together. Also, let's look at uh, this scripture in the book of 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter, and the 18th verse. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now this scripture, you know, sometimes it throws people off because they love to say, in everything give thanks. Well, they like to say, for everything, give thanks. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, in everything. Amen. So, you know, I mean, people can do what they want. I don't thank God for sickness. I don't thank God for being in debt. But when I'm in those situations, yeah. I'm still going to give him Hallelujah. thanks. See, that's the difference in the word for and in. Hallelujah. 
if I'm in those situations, God still deserves thanks. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's still worthy of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Even if I put myself in those situations. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So in other words, because I put myself in these situations, God is going to work his will through these situations if I belong to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because everything that concerns me concerns him. Hallelujah. And so this is what we have to know. No, I'm not going to thank God for being in a car accident. But if I'm in a car accident, mm. God still deserves thanks. Yes, we give you praise. I remember I was in this car accident. Um, it had been a big thunderstorm. and Well, actually, a hurricane had moved up the coast. Isabel. The remnant of it. That's right. Hurricane Isabel. We lived in Virginia then, and I was driving on I-95, six-lane highway. People going anywhere from 70 to 85 miles an hour. That wasn't the speed limit, but that's how people were driving. And we were getting off work. Well, it was raining. It was dark. The wind was blowing. It was a terrible day out there. And the car, hydroplane. Mm. I hit the guardrail, spun around, hit it again, hit it again. Blew the back window out. Airbags explored. And we, and it was just a Horrible accident. The car was totaled. Everything in the car, except me, went flying out. Thank God. I was wearing my seatbelt. I make it a habit of wearing it. But let me tell you, when the accident was over, as scary as the accident was, what was even scarier is I'm sitting in the middle of I-95 across. So... Here And I look, and I see all these big trucks and cars coming at me. They didn't look like they were slowing down. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I remember calling on the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, they all came to a stop. And um, a, a, a man got out. He ran over to the car. And he said, are you all right? And I was crying, but they were tears of joy. I began to thank God. See, I wasn't thanking him for the accident, but he kept me through the accident. He brought me yes, through the accident. I didn't have a broken bone, a bruise. I had no injuries. The mm -hmm. car was totaled, and boy, was that uh, side rail. It was messed up, but, but I was fine. I was fine, and I thank God for that. In that, I thank him for my safety, not for the accident. When I was in the accident, yes, I Lord. thank him for keeping me through it all. And this is what Jesus wants of us. This is what we have to understand. When we look in the book of 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, and the third verse, it says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain, abstain from fornication. See, here we go. We're looking at God's will. 
This is the will of God. He wants us to be sanctified, set apart for the master's use. God have need of us. He has a useful, useful place in his kingdom for us. And I'm not talking about when we die and go to heaven. I'm talking about right now while we're here on earth. There is a place for us in Christ Jesus, a place that he has set apart for us, that he want to use us to bring glory unto him. He want us sanctified, set apart for the master's use. And this is why so many things in life, that's the will of man, we have to abstain from. We have to. Because those things will not help us glorify God. And they'll take us to a place where even though God have saved us, we will be standing in a place where we need repentance. We need to repent so we can be clean and used by God again. And so here we go. Thank you. Here we go. God want us to to keep ourselves sanctified, keep ourselves set apart for his use. And so here, here we see in this scripture is very important because, see, God don't need us when he has something for us to do. We got to take two weeks of prep time. When God want to use us, he want to use us. He shouldn't have to wait on Two weeks of us refreshing ourselves again with the word. We need to stay refreshed with the word. We need to live in the word. That has to be our life. Am I saying that you've got to go around speaking to people in scriptures? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying out of each and every day, all of us should have a time that we spend with God. We should... Keep a dialogue going with Christ Jesus. And so he needs us to stay in that position. There are times God's going to call on us to do stuff with our um, finances, with our time, with all the things that he's given us. I don't want to have to tell God, I'm sorry, I got to wait till next month to be a blessing to this person you're telling me to bless because I haven't done right with my monies. I don't want to do that. I want to be able when God call on me to do something that I'm set and ready to do it. In the book of Hebrew, the 13th chapter, verse 20 and 21 <coughs> reads, Now the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So here Paul is still talking about God's will, but he takes the time in verse 21 and, and, and he begins to talk about and he begins to boast 
in our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, hey, God of peace. And then he tells you about the power of God. He said, that brought again from the dead. You know, Jesus was dead, but God raised him up. He's telling us and reminding us of the power that's working in us. He called, He refers to Jesus as that great shepherd of the sheep. That's right. He's my great shepherd. And then he goes on and he brings up that covenant. He brings up that agreement that God have written for us. He said, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Because see, this covenant that we live by now with God, it, it, it's not written in ink. It was written in Jesus' blood. It took blood to make this thing work. It took the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and, and he's poured so much into it that it's going to make us perfect in every good work to do his will. It's going to work in us that which is well-pleasing in God's sight. Because if we please God, there's no one who could disapprove of us. And it's all going to happen through Jesus Christ. And that's why he deserved the glory forever and ever. Because he have given his life for us. Look at Jesus. Look at all that he's done to prepare us for this time in our life. And Jesus is the one who hung on the cross. Jesus is the one who blood was shed. But let me tell you, we got to carry our cross. If you look in the book of Luke. 9 and verse 23. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. In other words, put your own will down. Stop worrying about what you want all the time. Because you see, if we know that God only wants what's good for us, we'll be more than happy to follow after his will. So he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Listen to this, daily and follow me. This is not something we do once a month. This is a daily activity. We've got to pick up our cross and follow after God. But we have to deny our own will. And that's a part of making that decision. Who Will, will we follow our own or God? What are we focused on in life? Um, I, I don't want to, to make anyone think that because we deny ourselves and follow after God, that that means we have nothing that we want or that we're interested in, that we can't have a loving family. God just want to be a part of that loving family. He want to bring our family into his family. And he want to take care of us all. But we've got to trust him to do it. And we have to be willing to follow him. If we truly trust him, we will be willing to follow him. You know, Job got a hold of this back in the Old Testament. In Job 23 and 12, you know, they had been accusing Job of um, 
of sinning against God. Listen to what Job said. He said in the book of Job, the 23rd chapter, verse 12, he said, neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Come on now. Job said, I have esteem, that word esteem, lifted up, given reverence to, counted more valuable than my necessary food. That's what the word will do to you. The word can grab hold of you and you can forget about everything else. You know, when you're lying there in, in pain or sickness, grab a hold of the word. Get your mind stayed on him. He will keep you in perfect peace. You will not lose your mind. You know, people talk, about, oh, I'm about to lose my mind. I'm not losing my mind. Well, matter of fact, if I lose my mind, I'm going to gain his. I'm going to take on the mind of Christ. Maybe we should lose our mind so we can take on the mind of Christ. But let me tell you, God has not left us helpless. I don't care what the situation is. We've been through a year of a pandemic. We've watched black men, women being murdered. Now we see them taking their frustration out on our Asian community. We have been able to endure this, and we have not lost hope. We still have our hope in God. We still know that God is God and above him. There is no other. There's none beside him. There's none like him. He is the one and only true and living God. We haven't lost hope. We still hope in God. Yeah. We're still yeah. just as happy, just as full of joy to call on his name. Yeah. 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 Whatever's going on in our life, yeah. I know in my, I find relief calling on the name of Jesus. Yeah. 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 I find some of the pressure taken from me when I open up and I call on his name. Yes, when I turn you. to thank him. When I take the time to you. look in the word and see who he is. Yes, oh God, thank you. For he is a very present help yes, in trouble. Yes, He's a very present help. Yes, he is a loving God. Hallelujah. He wants us to know that he's yeah, with us. Yeah, he'll yeah, never yeah. leave. He'll never forsake us. Yeah. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it said, now faith is. Yeah. In other words, wherever you find yourself at right now, yes, Lord. Mm. right now, things can change. <laughs> things can change. And he's there to change. So you see, I've got to decide which way I want to go. Yes. No one can decide for me. Yes, Lord. Which brings me to the point that we've got to have more patience with people. Yeah. Because when I was out there and I wasn't saved, people had patience with me. Most of all, God had patience yes, with me. Lord, thank he you. kept me. Mm. 
He protected me Hallelujah. until my now time came Hallelujah. for salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And for some reason, Lord. we like to put pressure on people that they have to do it because we say it. They've got to get to know Christ yes, for themselves. Yes. They have to develop a trust for Christ, a leap of faith. Yes, yes, Lord. Will a person know God before they're saved? Not really, not in an intimate way. No other they won't. That's right. Thank you, Pastor. Pastor said they'll know of him, and usually by what someone has told them. Yes. But when we can get them, Hallelujah. To take a leap of faith. When we can say, Hallelujah. look, Hallelujah. I was like you. I didn't know him. I only knew what I had heard of him. Thank but you. now I've gotten to know him for myself. And I stand here before you as a testimony to you. What yes. he can do yes. in a person's life. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Boy, they laughed at me. I remember when I first got saved, went back home. Oh, she said... She was, she was a drunk. She used to drink all the time, party all the time. Well, that, you're right, used to. Thank Let's you, deal Lord. with now. Thank you, Let's deal with who I am now. Thank and you, I Lord. found so much joy in saying to them, so I'm glad you remember how terrible of a person I was. Thank so you, you know if Jesus saved me, he can save you too. Thank you, Lord. See, we've got to be that testimony. Thank you, Lord. I'm not worrying about what you say about me. I want your soul saved. I want this soul presented to God. I want that number in the book increased. Thank you, Lord. So what is it that we want? What are we going after? Are we going after our own will or are we going after the will of God? We're going to finish this lesson up tonight talking about God's will and man's will and what do we choose. We're going to finish it up tonight. So uh, my time is far spent now and it's really time for prayer and it's time for us to uh, close up. So I just thank you for being with us this morning and for hanging in here, getting up at 6 a.m. I know some of you got up before then, but to be on the um, call for prayer before now and also for your testimony. But let's pray. Let's pray. Three areas I want to focus on in this prayer. I want to focus on ex acceptance of the will of God. I want to focus on uh, understanding the will of God as much as we possibly can. And I want to focus on uh, God's will in our lives. Amen. Lord God, you have taught us that you have a plan yes. for each one of us. Your hand guides our steps yes, and provides us with all we need. Yes, Lord. Because you are good, you want only the best for us. Good and gracious God, we ask that your pathway will become manifested in our lives. Help us 
to walk in the path that you have laid out in front of us and lead us through the narrow gates. Father, because you are gracious and merciful, your will is always oriented toward our benefit. It's always set to benefit your children. Yet this world we live in is cast in darkness. It can be difficult sometimes to understand your will for us. What seems to us to be good is sometimes not so good. We're praying and asking you today, God, to eliminate, illuminate the darkness around us that we might understand your will. And even when we don't understand it, God, give us faith just to go on in your will. Speak to us through your holy word so that we might continue in your will. Everlasting God, when our Lord Jesus prayed in the garden, he accepted the suffering that awaited him according to your will. Although your will is good, we know that it is sometimes necessary to suffer for the sakes of others. That's what our Lord and Savior Jesus did. Oh Lord, Give us the courage and fortitude to accept your will in our lives, even when doing so will demand dearly of us. To follow your son is to carry our cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus.